Hey everybody, Jim Sandlins here, and welcome to the Kayak Fishing Show live. As always, brought to you by all of our wonderful sponsors that are scrolling across the bottom there. Uh, Siegler Reels, Warner Paddles, Ballast Point Brewing Company, of course, Seaguar, Fluorocarbon, Jackson Kayaks, Warner Paddles, I already said that one, <laughs> Standard Horizon, uh, who does our VH radios, who are probably one of our oldest sponsors, uh, Yak Attack, uh, Band of Anglers, Ray Marine, NRS, uh, who make all the great clothing and PFDs, which you should be wearing every time you go out. So if you are new to these shows, we do them every uh, Tuesday, sometimes Thursday, sometimes more. Um, and uh, basically showing old episodes of my show. Uh, on Tuesdays, we've been showing the uh, Jackson kayak years. Uh, today is going to be episode six of season nine. I don't actually have all the episodes. Um, so it was like, I, we showed episode four last week. I don't have episode five so for some reason, and I don't remember what it was. So, uh, but uh, six and seven are from Brazil down to the Amazon, which was an absolutely amazing trip. So uh, we'll be sharing that with you. Hopefully uh, Esteban is going to jump on here with me. He said he might be able to make it. Um, but if not, hopefully we'll get him on next week uh, because this is a two-parter. Um, anyway, so I uh, hope you guys all had a good weekend. Um, I actually got out fishing yesterday with my buddy on San Diego Bay. Um, kind of slow, but uh, San Diego Bay is pretty reliable. Um, I mean, I generally say if I catch a dozen fish, it's a pretty slow day. Um, you know, you're not catching anything huge, but spotted bay bass are a lot of fun. Uh, but lately, I don't know what's been going on. Um, it's been tough. It's been really tough. I think uh, I caught five, six fish. I think I got six spotties and a sculpin yesterday. Um, Matt, I think, got like nine spotties and a small halibut but i mean that for us that's a really slow day we had good tides you know we would have expected to i mean on a good day we'll we'll put 100 fish on the boat between us and uh every time we've gone out lately it's been tough so i'm not sure what the deal is because it's a it, the the bay is a year-round fishery you know it's it's always if it's happening it's good so uh, I, I say if, if the tide is moving it's usually pretty good so um, I don't know what's been going on. Uh, maybe it's cyclical and it's just one of those things. I mean, it does happen. Uh, it looks like Esteban popped in down below me. So I will get to him here in a second. I'm glad you can join me, Esteban. Um, I got one of my dogs in here wanting me to uh, throw the tennis ball. That's my big golden retriever. Uh, if you guys follow me at all, you know, I've got uh, five dogs. So uh, we keep our house uh, is pretty entertaining uh, with with dogs running around. So um, I don't know if anybody here is uh, knife guys. I like knives. Um, I forever have carried around um, an Emerson 
uh, Benchmade uh, collaboration knife, and I had it for for a long time, and I loved that knife. And uh, unfortunately, somehow ma I managed to uh, misplace it. I think I lost it on one of my trips. And uh, I just had my 34th wedding anniversary, and my wife got me a new Emerson, and just a beautiful knife. It's a little different. Uh, <laughs> it's it's the Flip open is really cool. It does have one feature that you need to be aware of. It's got this hook, which they call the wave. And the reason behind it is actually you can pull it out of your pocket and you pull it at the angle, it'll catch the material on your pocket. So as you're pulling the knife out, the blade deploys, which is kind of a cool feature if you're aware of it. I wasn't aware of it when I first got it and it was put in my pocket and I go to pull it out and all of a sudden I got a blade popping out. So it's kind of a uh, kind of different. So <laughs> but now that I'm aware of it, I'm always, you know, uh, careful of the direction I lift the knife out because I don't want the blade deploying all the time. But very, very sweet knife. And thank you to my wonderful wife for that. Um, I think, sorry, dog wants his tennis ball again. Um, I may have shared this once before. Uh, I wanted one of these knives for a very long time and i just kept looking and looking and i finally found it on um ebay and this is uh, a buck tiburon and this was a collaboration between ed gillette and if you don't know who ed gillette is look him up uh, he is the only person who has ever paddled a kayak solo from california to hawaii and he did this way before the days of gps and all that stuff he did it in a modified tandem sit-inside kayak. And I think it took him 64 days unassisted all by himself. But anyway, he collaborated on this knife design with Buck Knives. And I always wanted one. It got discontinued. And I was able to find one. And it's very cool. Comes with the sheath. Uh, there's a guy, because I was looking for one for such a long time, I'd get notified of when this thing would come available. And uh, there's a guy who keeps coming up, you know, the ad on eBay that, you know, Tiburon knife. And then you go to look at it and he's not actually selling the knife. He's just selling the sheath. So somebody could accidentally think they're buying a knife and they're just getting a sheath. And he's got it listed for like 40 bucks. It's ridiculous. But uh, very cool knife. I'm stoked to have that. Um, couple uh facebook users so if you are if we're seeing this facebook user if you are watching our shows via the kayak fishing show group page uh you need to give uh Streamyard permission to use your name otherwise on my screen it comes up as facebook user so i don't know who's saying hi boss but Thanks for checking in. Uh, and again, you can watch our shows on the group page, on the show page, as well as on Kayak Fishing Tales, which is our YouTube channel. And I highly recommend if you want to watch it on YouTube that you, you know, hit the notification button, uh, subscribe and hit that you want to be notified. And that way it's the easiest way to make sure that you get notified of when we're coming on live uh bill edwards you got the best sponsors ever i do i've got great sponsors and um they've been with most of have been with me for a very long time you know just the nature of the business you change sponsors every once in a while but uh you know like i said that's the thing but most of these guys have been with us for a very long time and i'm, I'm very very lucky um bill you also say you love knives i like knives they're just i've got so many i've got buck knives that i had from a kid buck knives were made here in el cajon 
Uh, I'm in San Diego, but I mean, that's just like a neighborhood. Um, and uh, I think now they moved to Montana, but forever when I was a kid, they were here in San Diego. So I had the chance to go to the Buck Knife Factory and stuff and uh, some very, very cool knives. Uh, Liam, thanks for joining us on Kayak Fishing Tales. Hey, we got uh, Clifford joining us from Australia. Thanks for joining us, man. So with no further ado, uh, I'm really stoked because I didn't give him a whole lot of notice, which is kind of my MO. <laughs> I usually contact guys the day of a show and ask them if they can join me. And uh, thankfully, uh, Esteban was available and is able to come on here with me to share uh, some stories and talk about this uh, this trip we had that he helped put together through his business uh, that we did down in uh, the Amazon. So with no further ado, Esteban, thanks for joining us, man. Thanks for the invitation, Jim. Always always good to hang out with you, even if it is from the distance. On, yeah, on this you're looking buff, man. You you've, been hanging out, you've been hanging out at the gym? A little bit, yeah. <laughs> so where are you nowadays? How are you that... doing? Good, good. Half the time I see you, you're down in Costa Rica. Uh, half the time you're in Florida. Where are you right now? Uh, right now I am in Florida. I am in Florida, yeah. but I'm actually packing. I leave. I leave for Costa Rica in a week. And I'm How about to uh, hit my high season. High season is oh, nice. about to start in the south. So we're gonna be fishing the Southern Pacific quite a bit between now and april and then we move north to chasing billfish so uh so before we get into this episode because i want to i want to make sure we we talk about it is because in this episode it's going to say that it's esteban from blackbeard fishing company uh i know you've started some other projects so before we even get to the show why don't you tell me what you're up to what the name of the new business is I'm still looking for tennis balls under my chair because my dog wants <laughs> Basically, um, Blackbeard Fishing Company evolved into something completely, uh, not completely different, but very different from what it was when it started. Um, it was a local guide service in Southwest Florida. We started as a kayak fishing guide service. And then uh, once I got my captain's license, got a boat, and we started doing the boat thing because a lot of people knew that I like to travel and fish in Costa Rica. A lot of clients were asking me to, to to book trips for them or to help them out and give them advice about um, traveling abroad to fish. And that's where the idea of, of um, doing the international thing kind of was born. And um, around the same time, I was working quite a bit with you guys, setting yeah. up some trips and, and stuff like that. But I felt, especially when the pandemic started, I felt that I... Um, that the company needed to to change its name and 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 be restructured a little bit and and focus on just um latin america because i was trying to do a lot of things in different continents and and um <clears throat> um that was kind of um counterproductive long story short we have a big strong focus in, in costa rica right now obviously because i'm i'm from there i was born and raised in costa rica and i got a foot here and a foot there but right. uh, we're doing trips all uh, from North America all the way down to to South America. So USA, I don't do Alaska uh, yet. I'm trying to find an <laughs> yes. outfitting partner in Alaska yet. But um, I do basically North Carolina to Argentina and everything in between. Argentina so have, would be awesome. Uh, I know. I know. Well, <laughs> I have a trip set up for September next year. Actually, I have two trips in, in September. Um, we're going to be going to Bolivia to chase Arapaima 
I have, um, oh. I have a friend that that him and, and, and some of his buddies kind of built this amazing lodge and it hasn't been um, very, it's not as popular as other places right now. They're starting out and they need some help. They need, they need some guides to go out there or some people that are really good fishermen to go out there and help them figure things out. So it's kind of an, um, it's, it's going to be a, an exploratory trip. Right. So I'm kind of uh, taking volunteers. <laughs> I want to go on, a, on an exploratory trip at a huge discount, basically just a little over cost. Uh, we're trying to go help out some some of our Bolivian friends while we catch some giant tarapima. I mean, and these guys are on fish all the time. And Those then are, uh, second half of September, yeah, I'm going to be going to Corrientes, Argentina to tell you some golden dorado. So, yeah, that's 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 my dream fish right there. That's a you know people yeah. always say what's on your bucket list if if you will, and and that's certainly one of my still to do fish that I wanted for a very long time. So it's such a cool looking fish, you know. Mm-hmm. They look like a, a salmon body shape and all that, but then they're twice as strong and they can bite a lure in half and just and just acrobatic badass, and beautiful badass yeah, fish. Yeah. So that's it. Yeah, this fishery in Argentina, um, because you could find them in Argentina, Bolivia. Uh, But this place that I teamed up with, they they are a very um, exclusive lodge. And and it kind of offers you the true Argentinian experience because they're also a horse uh, ranch. Oh, really? People uh, like that kind of uh, the Argentina gaucho culture, which is the Argentinian cowboy culture. Uh, People that embrace that kind of lifestyle. And and um, an experience can go there, ride horses, eat great, amazing, authentic Argentinian food, and then fish, in the um, in, in the rivers, so rivers and lagoons. But to well, answer your, your that... question, sorry, go ahead. Uh, no, I, I was just gonna I was gonna throw another question out there. So go keep going. Okay, well, no, to answer your question, the new name of the company is the Americas Angling Company. It's not. It's no longer Blackbeard Fishing Company. So we kind of the, evolved Amer- the Americas. The Americas. Yeah, because angling? we're fishing the Americas. Yeah, no, but I, I didn't. The Americas angling. Angling is that what you said? Correct. Yes. Okay, I, I just didn't hear it clearly. The whole thing clearly. So the okay. Americas Angling Company. Correct. Mm-hmm. And where where are people finding you? Well, you can go to www.americasangling.com. And um, visit our page, and <clears throat> you can also find me on on Facebook under America's Angling, and Instagram, same name. Ah, uh, that's cool. Mm-hmm. Sorry, my, I'm, I'm totally being distracted by a, my dog here. My golden retriever. Five dogs already. Wow. Five dogs. Yes. I remember when you only had two, right? I, I no, I haven't had only two for forever. I mean, since I think my wife and I first got married, um, and. Uh, we had three for a long time and then four and now five. And then the entire month of December, I'm going to have seven because my daughter's nice. dropping off her dogs while she goes on a trip. <laughs> so I was like, it's, oh it's a packed house, but it's, it's fun. They keep us entertained. And, That's uh, good. you know, I wouldn't, uh, wouldn't trade it for anything except for when you guys scooping up all that poop, it's a lot of it. <laughs> Especially. Yeah. You got larger dogs too. See, I got, I got yeah. smaller dogs. So I don't mind. No. I don't mind it as much. A younger dog three, three of kids, so it's perfect because I don't have three of the five. Are okay. They do it. 
Yeah, no, it's, but that's okay. They're they, like I said, they're a lot of fun. Uh, so what I was actually started to ask you was, you know, cause I know it's always a concern. I know when I used to guide down in Mexico, you know, one of the biggest questions I would ever get is, is it safe? Uh, when you start talking about places like Bolivia and Argentina, is it safe? Brazil, I know Brazil can be, I mean, we, the cities of Brazil can be a little sketchy. Yeah, absolutely. Well, that's a very good question, Jim. A lot of people ask me that. Um, and there are some places that a lot of people feel more comfortable traveling to than others. I actually offer a trip to Colombia, for example, and that's one of the first things people ask about Colombia, right? Historically. Um, right. And Mexico, same thing with Mexico. But we have teamed up with Global Rescue. I don't know if you're familiar with them. Yeah. Um, Global Rescue, they, they offer great services, evacuation services. Uh, if you get hurt while, while on a trip, uh, it's a great insurance to have, and it's not expensive. So I offer that to my clients as part of the all-inclusive package. So oh, that's a good idea. If, if something happens, uh, people are always taken care of. And also through Global Rescue, because of the new COVID requirements, uh, we're able to cover the insurance requirements that a lot of the different embassies have for entry into different countries. Some are more strict than others. For example, Costa Rica um, was very strict coming out of the COVID um, shutdown. Um, and they still are. They require that you have insurance if you're not vaccinated or if you're vaccinated, then now they let you um, come in, but you have to provide proof. Argentina is just now opening. Um, not sure okay. about Bolivia. Bolivia yet. I haven't looked into them much, um, but um, well, <clears throat> you know, you know, you know how it is. This pandemic thing. A lot of countries are still trying to figure things out, and and um, and tourism in a lot of different areas of the world suffered quite a bit. So it's 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 kind of a recovery time right now, and I'm right. I'm really excited about the next season, about 2022, because it's it's there's going to be a big boom in travel. And, um, and yeah, I and I think that. I think honestly, a lot of people, you know, you can get onto it, and there's a lot of fish out there that haven't been harassed for about a year and a half, two years now. Exactly. <laughs> you exactly. Know? And mm -hmm. uh, as long as uh, the native populations, and, and I know this is actually a thing, is where because they've been restricted and everything else, and all of a sudden they started harvesting stuff that they wouldn't normally yeah. harvest. So I know exactly. that's a thing. But mm -hmm. I know it's also a bigger thing that in mainly the, the fishes have been harassed. And uh, mm -hmm. uh, I know like down in Southern Baja, people that I talked to when, when it just started opening up, just said it was just bonkers good. You know, so it's, it's always a well, cool thing. I went, I went, um, I was in the Atlantic coast of Costa Rica in May. And normally May, it's no K month for tarpon. And so we target in the Atlantic coast. Right. And I went. To, to set up a deal with a new lodge and went fishing for half a day. I didn't expect to land a lot of fish. I said, maybe one, at least I just want a big tarpon. Jim, in four hours, because I didn't have a lot of time. I was I was there for two days. I was in and out, but I, I made time to fish half a day. Four hours, five big tarpon, all over 150 pounds. The last one was 180, at least. It took me an hour and a half to bring it both side. I mean, my arms were on fire. They, they, the captain said one more after after five of them. I said, "Take me back, please. I'm done. I'm, I'm I want to." Yeah, for anybody who has not been over there, now I did uh, Silver mm -hmm. King Lodge uh, many mm -hmm. many years ago, and um, that's right on the border of Nicaragua. 
and um, Costa Rica. And man, there are some big tarpon up there. Just some of the big. biggest every, in the world. Every one we caught were, you know, 110 plus. There were yeah. no small tarpon. And uh, there were some much bigger ones around. It was uh, absolutely an amazing fishery around that. And you, I, and also what I thought, and it may, and you, you would know much better than me, is, I mean, Costa Rica is not a huge country. It's not a big space from one side to the other. But the difference in that country from one coast to the other, the cultural differences from one coast to the other were absolutely amazing. Yeah, you know, just that's true. so much more of a Caribbean feel on the Atlantic mm -hmm. coast and, and, and mm -hmm. so much different on the Pacific. So it's just like, that's what's so cool about exploring and traveling. <laughs> Costa Rica is so diverse. It, 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 and, and that's a good point that you mentioned that. You can actually go from coast to coast in about about four or five hours, maybe even less. Um, and, and, and it's not only the culture, like <clears throat> the fishery. You can go to Costa Rica and and pretty much kind of complete your entire bucket list. You can go to the Atlantic side, get snook, tarpon, um, and then you can go to the mountains and catch trout. There's brown trout, there's rainbow trout, and there's a hybrid trout. Hmm. Um, and then you, you could keep going going towards the Pacific side, and, and then you can get into the big uh, billfish bite. And rooster fish yeah. inshore and Kubera snapper. And big Kubera. And I mean, it, it's... It's a cool place. I mean, like I said, I've always, always loved Costa Rica. And I mean, this show is supposed to be about Brazil, but uh, the one I thing know. about Costa Rica is that I always appreciated the most about it um, is really their, how they embrace ecotourism. Oh, so yeah. they have, they have taken care of their country so well. I mean, and I love, I mean, I love going to Panama. I mean, Panama is my, I've had some of my best fishing trips to Panama. But the differences in the country itself, in how it seems that Costa Rica really takes care of their, like I said, because they've embraced ecotourism so much, you just see so much more life in the jungles and everything than I ever see when I go to Panama. It, it, it's, mm -hmm. it's amazing. And they're right next to each other. Yeah. So. Remember when we went to Drake Bay to fish for that show and um, we got on the boat to go to the lodge? Yeah. And I, I would say maybe within the first 15 minutes, we saw three different species of monkeys. We saw caiman, we saw crocodiles. And I think we saw snakes. And that, that was all within 15 minutes. Then you and I spent, what, nine days in the Amazon in Brazil? Yeah. And you guys still don't believe me that I saw one sloth. And I saw it. But we yeah, didn't we, see a lot of wildlife. We saw the, the pink dolphin and, and, of course, a lot of different yeah. fish. We did see the, the but, pink dolphin, which was cool. Um, all over the place, but in the trees, I expected to see monkeys and and jaguars and you know all kinds of cool stuff. But it is it is so vast, you know. The Amazon is so big that I figured those, those animals yeah, are and, probably deeper and, 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 and that should you know lead us into actually uh, this episode. I said we mm -hmm. we uh, we flew down there. I remember, and I was thinking about this this morning. I mean, I had the mission of a trip to get there because I flew all the way down to Sao Paulo and then back up to Manaus wow. and Brazil's a huge country. And I don't yeah. know why my flight ended up that way. I mean, it, it would have been much faster to come. I think I left going through Peru 
Uh, and that was wow. much, a much more direct route, but the, the mm-hmm. trip down there was a mission. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, then, then we jump on the float plane and fly out, which is, I mean, you're flying over just endless. You could see why there's like those movies, like a plane crashes out there and they just like, you're, you're never finding anybody out there. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. just like, but then again, that landing on the, on the water was so smooth. I, I, I was surprised. Yeah, nice but, softest landings I, I've ever experienced. It was on it was those guys have it dialed it. Landing a yeah. seaplane or a float plane on a winding river, <laughs> it was <laughs> like they, they would set up at like the one stretch that was just long and straight enough that it made it sense, but they would come banking mm-hmm. in, and then I mean, that was all part of the adventure. Uh, there's actually cool. a, a question here, and maybe you have, I've, I've never done this, but uh. Have you ever been carp fishing? If so, what's the biggest one you have caught? Carp fishing is huge in Europe. Like in England, carp fishing is it. And, and for us here in California, it's always been, yeah, that's trash fish. But mm-hmm. everybody I know who actually has gotten into carp fishing, I mean, the fight of carp fishing, particularly if you're getting fly fishing, is supposed to be just amazing. But I've never caught a carp. Me neither. Now, isn't that kind of a vegetarian fish? Yeah. Right? I've Although seen a lot they, of people eat, post pictures on they, they land them on fly and and uh, I I've never targeted a carp. I mean, no, or the, it, like I said, the guys in Europe launch like balls of maggots and stuff out. It just or they will seed an area. So basically, they're just like chumming this area at a certain time every day, and then they come there and then they cast out. And That's actually, cool. um, Patrick Sabil in Florida has a lot of carp in his lake. And really? uh, he'll set off these feeders and all of a sudden just all these huge carp. You think there's like some big, great fish you're going to catch. And then it's it's not the bass. It's carp. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't uh, even know that we had carp in Florida. Yeah. Now yeah, he, uh, he has a lot of them yeah. in his lake. Um, mm-hmm. Bill Edwards asks a uh, quick question. How do you get your kayaks to all these crazy places? And that is a great question. And mm-hmm. quite honestly, we've done a lot of different things. We've done where uh, we just meet up guys who have kayaks on location. And, you know, there, there's that's the beauty of it compared to when I started the show, when kayak fishing was still pretty small. Uh, it was much more difficult to find guys at a location. Now you can find kayak anglers all over the world. Uh, of course, we have to be in a certain brand, but that's one thing I'm also very excited about. Uh, the quality of inflatable boats now has gone so high that now you can, you can, I can fly with it. You know, it's a piece of my luggage. So I'm, I'm looking forward to doing that. Um, NRS has got some great ones. Uh, but what we have done, like I said, is usually would ship them well in advance. Uh, mm-hmm. we'd make a deal with an outfitter, um, and they would, we would send them down there and then we would leave them in exchange for, you know, the promotion that we're doing of their location. Some places it was easy um, because they were used to ha- dealing with a freight forwarder and they would get them sent down. Uh, some places more difficult. For instance, uh, we did, uh, we shot in Uganda in Africa. And we literally, we shipped those kayaks six months in advance. They got there about a day before we did. 
And then we had to spend a full day trying to get them out of customs, paying a lot mm. of bribes to try and get them out. So that was probably the biggest hassle we ever had. I know, for instance, on this trip, uh, the owner of the lodge was a, was a great guy. And initially he's like, yeah, this is great. Let's do it again. And then the whole cost involved of getting the kayaks to him, not necessarily the cost, but the fees, the duties, the taxes. If you try to bring anything to Brazil, they like triple the cost in taxes. So you got a $2,000 kayak, all of a sudden each kayak, six grand. They're like, yeah, we're not doing this again. <laughs> you remember that conversation we had with him? Yeah. He was just like, yeah, yeah I, 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 I would love to do it, but I can't see doing it again. It's just, just the duty fees. And again, that's why I'm excited about the inflatable aspect, uh, being able to just, cause then there's no fees. I'm not going to leave it down there. I'm going to bring it down there with me in a backpack. So mm-hmm. hopefully that all opens up. Um, Clifford Johnson says, yes, I have. The best is 71 centimeters or 28 inches. I guess he's answering the carp Carp. question. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) So back to Brazil. (laughs) Um, This was, uh, God, I don't even remember when we did this trip. 2016, 17? It's been five years. Yeah. More? Something like that. It's been a while, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, remember we had to cancel initially we were gonna go in october yeah or some i don't remember go. the exact month but yeah, i know but that they had some weather the weather yeah and the water level because the whole thing about fishing these places um or this area you want these big peacock bass uh i mean that was our primary target and when the water level gets high and you'll see it when you fly over. It's not mm-hmm. mountainous, you know, where we are. It's pretty flat. So if the water gets high, it just goes out into the jungle. And that's where the fish go. Yeah. Well, so, the Amazon floods, they, they have this tide, but it's not like a, like the tides that most people think of that you'll get a high tide in, in midday and then it will go down by the afternoon. The Amazon is different. It floods and it stays flooded for a long time. And... Um, and, and you're right. All the fish will go deep, deep, deep into the jungle and and and, and hide in all the trees, and they, you just can't cast to them. Yeah, you want to just... go when the levels are low and 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 very low. Right, and so we there there was a monsoon or whatever, and so we ended up having to cancel the first one, reschedule this one. And unfortunately, uh, we still had pretty high water. High water, and it wasn't unfishable. We got some great fish, uh, none of the huge ones, because the problem was is you wanted to cast up into these trees, and uh, you would hear that was the thing is you'd be out there and you'd hear these fish just crashing back in the trees. So, if you found a really nice line that you could make a good cast down mm-hmm. and you knew you were going to get bit you would get bit the problem was as soon as you got bit it wrapped around a tree and broke you off do you remember my very last cast of that trip i actually were throwing i was throwing one of those um big lures with the prop lures 
the big props and yeah. and yeah and i hooked a big one and it went i mean i fought it for a little bit and you're in a kayak so it's pulling you towards wherever the fish wants you wants you to go and he went under a tree and and that was it my Just like that it was gone my yeah. biggest one hit just coming out of the trees and i was so excited because he was coming out mm -hmm. but he hit so hard and so fast and went right under my boat and i no time to react and broke me off right that was my one shot at a truly big peacock on the trip and we got plenty of fish also one of the oh, things yeah. that would, was kind of amazing was those guides um on how they were so anal about tuning in those prop baits. Yeah. Remember that? It was just like yeah. he'd throw it and rip it back. And he goes, Oh mm -hmm. no, it's it's not it, it's not making the right I, sound. As far as I was concerned, as concerned, it's like yeah, this thing's working great. It's splashing, it's props are turning. And he's like, he's like listening to it. no, it's not making the right pitch. It's like, yeah. And he'd get it and tweak them just a little bit. It was it was pretty cool. So yeah, I really, uh, we've been yabbering for an over half an hour yet, and we really should get this episode going. So let's, uh, let's get the episode going. And um, we actually have this new feature since you were on last, and we have now picture in picture. So we can nice. be down below the episode while it's rolling. So let's get her going. This week on the Kayak Fishing Show, we're in the Amazon, baby. We are chasing after big peacock bass and having a great time stick around man this is an awesome show and all the piranha <laughs> delicious they were so good to eat oh yeah So any of you guys that are watching this, remember you can shoot questions our way. If you have any questions about this trip or any other stuff that Esteban is doing, please send them our way and we'll be happy to answer them for you. If you're watching this on a replay, please give me a thumbs up so uh, we know that that's how you're watching it. Do me a big favor and share it with your friends. Mm. I just shared it. You just shared it? <laughs> I did, yeah. <laughs> Good man. I mean, look at that. <laughs> mm -hmm. It's a mission to get here. It took me 30 hours of travel to get here, but totally worth it. Peacock Bass Expeditions got it really dialed in. They met us at the airport, guided us through the small airport to get on a float plane. And once you're here, you really don't have to touch a thing. It's full service. They're, they're grabbing your gear for you. They're dealing with your rods. They really There's took the care of everybody on this trip. Well, we got our first afternoon here on uh, the Amazon. Flew in our float plane this morning, and now we're going to spend the rest of the afternoon kind of sorting this thing out, getting a feel for this fishery. I'm really excited. Someplace I've always, always my entire life wanted to come and fish, so I'm just so stoked about this trip. Look how pretty that fish is. Get right up on the bank, wrapped around a tree. Woo, 
Good fun, man. I can imagine what a big one's like. That was tough. I was about to um, trade the fly rod for the bait caster for a little bit just to try those new propeller baits that we got. And uh, the guy took the rod and he had, he's actually tuning the propeller. It's actually pretty neat. Not something I would have thought about doing. I just took it out of the box I was going to use. Got this. We are in the Amazon fishing for peacock bass and anything else exotic that wants to bite. Uh, we are in the. That was like one of those little weird freshwater barracuda-looking things. Yeah, the kind of bicuda. I always wanted to come to Brazil to fish, and I have a lot of friends that have done it in the past. And I, I heard the stories about size and, and the way this fish bite. For many people, it's a once-in-a-lifetime experience, and it's definitely a must-do um, if you're a serious angler. I'm just working around all these trees. The nice thing is, is they're fairly straight up and down, so you can kind of cast in between them. We're hearing a really big fish or something back up inside the trees. <laughs> it's like crashing in there. Wow. Exciting. Well, today was... Uh... First day here, we fished half a day. Jim got a few fish. I got a um, barracuda-looking freshwater fish. Anyway, so we're gonna call it quits before it gets too dark, and um, gonna get something to eat. Hopefully, I think that was a uh, that was like a wolf fish there. Predator right there. Yeah, it was. <laughs> yeah look cool. at those teeth. That food was amazing, wasn't it? Some fresh yeah. piranha. Yeah, I heard piranha was good. It was amazing. So good. It was super good. It was a little bony. But look at this face. Yeah, it was and the way delicious. that mouth opens is freaking alien right there. <laughs> the Kayak Fishing Show is brought to you by... Jackson Kayak, one family, many waters. Kokatat, manufacturing paddling gear in Arcata, California for more than 45 years. Seagar, the inventor and perfecter of fluorocarbon fishing lines and leaders. Built-in commercial breaks. David Myers says, uh, if I'm feeling healthy again, uh, when am I going to start traveling again? Uh, well, I got injection in my shoulder, so that seems to have helped. Um, doing okay. So hopefully we're going to get back to shooting uh, in early so early day, spring of next what year. What a dream come true. Seriously. Man, I've been wanting to do this for such a long time. Coming to the Amazon and fishing in these beautiful waters. Uh, let's hope we can get some big fish. So I'm just going to pause really quick. Um, what we would do, because, you know, they would tow that houseboat thing uh, to from spot to spot. So we were fishing different areas every day. But then the, uh, the we would drag the kayaks even farther. So we we're getting away from everybody. And 
I mean, so you're just fishing all by yourself. You wouldn't see another person all day. It, it was absolutely amazing. But the thing that just popped into my head right there, remember? The oh, the bees. Those were the most <laughs> annoying. I, I, actually, I wasn't even thinking about the bees. I was, I was thinking more of the when we were towing the kites. Remember when he was, the, I think we were at Kusa HDs. Yep. We Those were. things towed behind that boat so well. And he absolutely flew. It was nuts. Mm -hmm. That's true. But yes, the bees. Remind me about the bees. They were like this big, black, chubby bees. And it seems like every one of us got one that stayed around our head. It would fly around our head all day long. And all you could hear was the... The, the buzz all day long and every now and then they were so big every now and then you you would swat it with with the paddle so hard that it would land in the water and you're like yes i got it and then you will watch this bee turn on its back again get up and fly again and, and yeah, i always hit as hard off. as i could <laughs> they were indestructible yeah and if you did get rid of that one miracle miracle of miracles here comes that other one and you would, they, they, they didn't sting you. They didn't do anything other than drive you crazy. Because <laughs> it literally was like, yeah. I forgot about that. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about that. That was, that was crazy. Yeah. <laughs> they were so annoying. You just came up twice. So one thing I'm finding really beneficial where I'm getting most of my hits is way back underneath these branches. So having a topwater lure like this when this uh, TA crossover, this thing skips really right. well. I didn't put it back so up. I can shoot it in low. There you go. There kind you go. at the front <laughs> of the branches and it'll hit and skip and go all the way back. So it takes a little bit of practice getting that technique so it hits and skips. But uh, that's pretty much where I've been getting all my hits is when I really shot it all the way back. Or when I throw it over a limb like that. Accurate casting was definitely these lures wrapped right around these branches. Oh. And if you sit there and just go real slow and tug on it, you usually yeah. end up catching. But if you get it right where you can see it's it, easy where to it's lose just lures. over the branch, and then give it a quick mm -hmm. snap, it'll come right out. So if you go slow, the hook's going to catch on the top of the branch. So you get it so it's just dangling, and then yeah. give it a quick jerk, and it just kind of pendulums it out. Definitely and became experts at getting your lure out of trees. Believe me, <laughs> I've had a lot of oh, practice. And the thing is, if you got one stuck in the tree, and, and you were behind oh, me, or I was behind you. We had to stay there so we wouldn't, because the whole time we're drifting. Oh, man. So you don't want to blow out a spot, right? Right. So you have to kind of stay there, casting and, and, into and, and then the other person going from structure and keep fishing and branches and everything else. As much as we are, your leader eventually gets whittled down. So I make myself a longer leader and then just keep chopping it down, chopping it down, because you want every tide getting frayed up. So. Uh, Got my Seaguar Premier fluorocarbon, and it uh, really holds up well to this. So, because it's such heavy cover, I'm using 50 pound. I wish I had a cast counter, because <laughs> man, we've made a lot of casts today. I think one thing that's really important when you're uh, you're fighting these fish is having your equipment set up right. 
you're really actually these would have been a good thing cyber fishing because these things will run up around a branch there's no reason to give them line because the kayak is moving so easily so many times i've hooked a fish and i've wound myself right to the tree that they're wrapping themselves in you need to be able to wind fast keep tension on that thing and try to get out of there as quick as possible don't let them have any line and that's a good point jim remember wow, that we have to I use mean. shorter rods you better be fishing a tight drag if you hook into a yeah. big fish. There's no way you're going to land it because this is a small fish. I'm just going to do a quick release on him. Snag in the belly. But I toss this way back in his pocket and uh, lock the drag and just grind on it. He's still got wrapped up in a branch over here. Tight drag, wind fast. Yeah, high speed reels. <laughs> these small fish oh, yeah. really fun get dragged in there oh, oh, oh. <laughs> being attacked by bees here um there you yeah, go fish really heavy drag high gear high there he is you can just see him buzzing wheel. around the front of my boat wind on that thing <laughs> like i said you're pretty much going to wind yourself to the fish and around yeah, my head Jeez, go away <laughs> i don't know they say there's a uh, bee shortage in the world there's not a bee shortage here. <laughs> Freaking bugs. It seems like the moment you get here, the moment you go out to fish, you get two bees assigned to each person. It's the weirdest thing is as soon as you slow down, you immediately have a couple of them buzzing around your head. And it, they, they generally don't sting you. They don't do anything. But they are right here around your head driving you nuts. But it is fun <laughs> once in a while you can smack one out of the air. <laughs> All bugs must die. <laughs> Just fly around your head. Time. You that was a blast. Like your personal bodyguards. I don't know. Ow, damn it. Something bit me on the arm and I jerked and then the hook went into my hand. I mean, I was worried about mosquitoes coming here, and there's been virtually no mosquitoes. <sighs> the Kayak Fishing Show is brought to you by Jackson Kayak. One family. So I'll uh, pause it. I just want to jump up here. I, I'd mentioned there, I wish I had a counter. Uh, mm -hmm. That is one thing this thing is great for. It's cyber fishing. It attaches to your rod. And... Um, it goes to an app on your phone and you can um, keep track of all the fish you could catch and all that. You'll hit a button when you catch a fish on it, but it literally cap counts every cast you make. And so you can go through an area. It, it's synced in with your maps and you go through an area and you hit. So not only is it counting all the casts, so you know where, not only where you caught a fish, but where you didn't catch fish. So mm -hmm. it's kind of a cool thing. Cyber fishing. And that's the thing. It's it's this big, and it just attaches to your rod. So, thought I'd share that just because I happen to bring it up. I, I've had that for a long time. They're not a sponsor or anything. They just gave it to me a while back, and I've uh, been using it when I go bass fishing. It's pretty cool. That's cool. Many waters, standard horizon. Nothing takes to the water like standard horizon. There we go. 
these fish are very aggressive, but they're also snob. We would get a bite and a big blow up, and you know, I would pick up the fly sometimes and land it back down, and it's like the fish was never there. They won't come back. That was that same spot I got blown up on earlier. Come on. How can they miss it? <laughs> Woo! <laughs> Well, I've had a little bit of frustration because I've had a lot of blow-ups that they just weren't coming up and actually getting this thing in their mouth. This guy committed to it. Another peacock bass, but a different, a different species. So you can see this one, unlike the other one that had a couple of big spots, this one's covered with small spots. What an exciting fish to catch when, they, when they're hitting that top water like that. <laughs> Settle down. I remember I, talking about that. Hey, what uh, pretty fish these are. That top water I was that using. On there. Um, beautiful fish. The hooks Tiny, on it just got destroyed. Beautiful. And I, I wanted to move well, to a different size hook because, because I was missing uh, fish. The paca, it would not swim. Like <laughs> it would not. The action on it went away when I tried to put a little bit bigger hook on it. It just totally threw off the balance of the lure. That's actually the the one with the stripes. We saw a lot more butterfly and paca than the last one I mentioned, but uh, luckily enough, we actually landed some quality fish, some good fish, a lot of them. All right. Good fun, variety. At least they're coming out, seem a little more aggressive now. This fish, once they bite, they're freight trains. They, they bite hard. They want to get you in the branches. They want to get you in the trees and, and, and get that fly out of their mouth. They're very smart. Oh, well, it's not as big as I thought. He hit like a freight train, though. I see you're always getting pulled into the trees. Another uh, butterfly peacock bass right up under those branches. Skipped it up in there. Woo! They're tough fish, man. I can imagine when you catch a really big one, they gotta be really tough because they love to run right back around those branches. We chose to bring the Jackson Kayak Kusa HD. I don't think we could have picked a better boat. It's got every feature you would need for this fishery. I mean, it, it's maneuverable, it's standable, and it paddles pretty good. I'm really stoked we brought this boat on the strip. It was a great little river boat. Well, we're doing a little change of lures right now. I'm getting some advice from the guide. I was throwing some um, popper, some fly this morning. Not very productive, but only had good action. But for some reason, it didn't seem to want to get a bite. So I'm going to switch to the bait caster for a little while, just to uh, hopefully catch a fish, boost up my confidence, and continue through the day. And it looks like he's going to pick a jig. He, he thinks that's a, a good option right now. I always like to mingle with the guides, the locals. Um, I like to learn the language as much as I can. I like to learn about their culture, what they like, where they go, what they eat, uh, what kind of music they listen to, how they dance. And, and, and that to me is- Did you say how they dance? As, as fishing. Yeah, Brazilian samba. Never, you never done samba before? Not a dancer. Pretty cool, pretty hard too. And land a lot of fish. But if at the end of the day, I, I don't talk to anybody and I don't learn anything new about people, that's just not enjoyable for me. And, and that's the kind of thing I, 
I like to include in all of my trips, and I call that the organic experience. You know, you want to make mm -hmm. sure that that you learn. See, like that fish was snagged in the head, and that that would happen a lot because those fish would come up and and hit the top water or whatever and turn and miss it, and then you'd end up snagging them on on their back or on their side. First day on the water, first full day on the water. And a little bit of a learning curve, trying to figure out what works for us, and and really working on casting accuracy because you got to get your cast right up underneath these tree limbs, and we've caught a lot of trees, missed a bunch of fish, but I've also landed quite a few. So, uh, super fun day, man. I mean, we're in the Amazon. <laughs> I, mean, what, I remember Jim. That was that was around the time yeah. GoPro came it was out. Very much voice like command. a barracuda, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Look at those teeth. And you would turn your GoPro on. Damn, he's like slimy. Like, don't turn on. And I would yell from the other side of the, of the river, GoPro on. The kind of fishing show is brought to you by. Yeah. Nothing like driving your uh, fishing partner crazy when you could mess with their GoPro. <laughs> that spot, with that, that last spot where you drifted by, I kind of remember um, there were areas like that. You'd come around an area. And if there was like a sandy bank, yeah. you could almost guarantee there was going to be a fish at each end. Mm -hmm. That's true. And uh, so it's like once we kind of figured out that pattern, it was always a race to get to those those bends to see who had that little sandbar. <laughs> oh yeah, we were fighting for some spots. I remember that. They had, uh, they they had good, good equipment. I mean, considering considering how remote we were, they had pretty nice equipment. Oh yeah, you know these these yeah. boats they were using were sweet. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Mar Marlon, the owner of uh, Picard Bass Expeditions, he he always and up to this day he always makes it a point to have a bear. Well, today he actually just got a brand new boat, a brand new house boat. He brought the uh, oh, really? the kayaks yeah. with the boat and dragged them for a couple of hours upriver away from the lodge so very remote not not that the other places weren't remote but we are now way there's up something well it tracks you see that and uh trying to find a place where maybe there's some bigger fish that want to play um i made one cast on my soft magic swimmer and uh the tail got removed yeah soft baits did not work like a piranha um everything has i to just made a that. second cast and it bit off more of the tail <laughs> So now I've just got like a head and they're not getting anywhere near the hook. So uh, I don't think I'll be throwing soft plastics up here. <laughs> oh, here we go. That's slow sinking. What's this one? Well, I switched over to a subsurface lure and Got a couple of fish. This I remember, there was a white freshwater barracuda-looking things. It was a white sabil, gnarly, gnarly teeth, in, and you you killed yeah, it. Don't get your finger lore. in there. <laughs> Probably They're starting uh, off the, stick the first days fishing. The old sabil yeah. stick shad. A lot of blow-ups, yeah. a lot of misses. Yeah, well, that's what today. I think I was on there right there. A lot of blow-ups and a lot more fish sticking um gotta try, try and change it up I, I didn't want to go away from this walk the dog lure because i was getting blow-ups but i wasn't getting things to stick 
So what could I do to try and get them to stick? And basically what I was doing is instead of doing a real fast walk the dog, I slowed it down a little bit longer pull, which gives you a longer sweep. So you're staying in the strike zone a little bit longer. Going a little bit slower is giving those fish, it seems, a, a better chance to um, actually get it. And the other thing I'm doing is normally when I walk the dog, if I get hit, I will just keep walking the dog. If it hits it and misses, I will just keep walking the dog. And I wasn't getting return hits. So what I started doing was if I got hit and missed, I would then pause and just let it sit there for just like a one count and then start walking the dog again. And then I was getting those secondary blowups. And a lot of times that's the one that sticks. So you just got to vary your retrieve, try different stuff. You know, if you're getting those blowups, you know that your lure is doing its job to tracking the fish. So then it's a matter of what do you do to change it up to actually get those fish to stick. It's funny. I was just, I was watching that. I didn't pause it at the right spot, but I was looking at it and I was talking about my favorite knife. Mm -hmm. When I first started the show, I just saw it attached to my PFD. <laughs> I wonder if it's still on that PFD. <laughs> Because I don't know where it went. It just kind of disappeared on me. You know, I lost that. I lost my paddle after that trip. I don't remember if I left it there with them. But I love that paddle. I never found it, it again. It's a possibility. I may have. I don't have. I no longer have that peacock bass paddle. I think I left that paddle with them as well. Just so I, they I would have a paddle. Did. I, remember, I remember I was having a conversation about that. Because they didn't have paddles for the boat. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. I anyway, I just it just caught my eyes that knife. <laughs> my favorite knife. knife. So those little changes have really helped me today. I tell you what, watching these really makes me want to get on the road again. Let's do it. It's time, Jim. Yeah. Costa Rica is wide open. This was such a cool. So easy. Logistically well, speaking, we this part of this trip was so cool. Lunch and since yeah. we went so far oh, into the that jungle, we kind of drifted halfway. We are at a point here that they have prepared. They're gonna hang some hammocks, and that's for us to take a nap after we eat. We caught a peacock bass earlier today, nice size, so that's gonna be lunch. So this is as good as it gets. Taking a nap in the Amazon forest, surrounded by all this beauty, having a beer. They always had plenty of beer for us. Always. Mm -hmm. Man, you don't eat this good at restaurants. I don't know about we the actually rest of jumped in the water and swam. Yeah, Amazon. Get this little giblet right out of their cheek. Delicious. I just don't want to get caught in the dark in the jungle, that's all. I'm used to like a little jungle in Costa Rica, that big Amazon. And I think I've been lost since yesterday. Every turn, every <laughs> bend, every point looks the same. You definitely want to be with a guide that knows his way. And we got a good one, thankfully. Well, and if we do get lost and we have to like go to land as long as I can run faster than Jim, I'm good. <laughs> now, as far as the guides go, these guys, are impressed with the way they know these rivers. I mean, there were some times when we fished all day and it got dark on us and we were heading back and we were miles and miles away and these guys, you know, riding their boats, getting us back to the lodge in the dark with 
I gotta show you something, Jim. I'll be right back. Alright. My Amazon adventure is awesome. We were having a great time catching a bunch of fish. We still haven't caught the big ones, but we've sorely made up for it with uh, the quantity and a lot of blow-ups and you know, it's all been top water, which is always exciting. So, so cool. I mean, what an amazing place. Every time you see a spot, it's like, oh, that looks a good one. I'm going to make a cast. That's a good one. I'm going to make a cast. So, we we're having fun. But we're just out here. I mean, you don't even see planes go over. You know, it seems like everywhere you normally would go, if nothing else, you see airplanes going over. And, uh, just nothing. We go out and uh, fish all day and don't see another person or another boat. <laughs> I mean, this is what dreams are made of. Anybody who is adventurous at all, I mean, would say, it's like, God, it'd be a dream to be able to go to the Amazon. So it really has been a, a dream come true to come here and experience this incredible place. That's awesome. Jim, there was a this really cool did a good job. That was a good, that was a good episode. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. Amazing. I know, right? Our, our guys got, a, did a, a, a good job there. Let me uh, let me get out of that. All right. Give us the screen back. There we go. We're back. There was a really cool picture that was taken. taken that, uh, that um, I think it was my favorite picture from the whole trip. And for my birthday a couple of years ago, my girlfriend surprised me. She paints. Yeah. I think I showed it to you before, right? And I was just thinking, because I saw I saw the scene when the picture was taken. Look at that. Here, that's let me, uh, I'm going to give you the whole screen. Look at that. Oh, that's really cool. So she painted that, that was... from one of the photos from the trip. Yeah. Hey, wait, wait, so... she, that's, a, that's me. She painted a picture of me uh, for you. No, it is me. <laughs> Isn't that amazing? One of my, my most cool. valuable possessions right here. I love this painting. She's talented. Yeah, she's very, very, good. very talented. Uh, Bill Edwards says, maybe when I retire, if you're still guiding, we can go somewhere crazy and catch some great fish, eat some strange food and drink a cold beer. That's uh, Let's go. not much better than that. <laughs> I'm kind of a <laughs> semi-retired now, so... Um, <laughs> And old Bobby, yeah, Bobby Tucker, nothing like catching fish, but you know, it, it's, it really is the whole thing. You know, it, it's, it's the places. I mean, I've been on a lot of, a lot of trips. I mean, for instance, I mean, I did a trip to, um, Curacao and it was one of the toughest fishing trips ever. And one of the best times I've ever had. And it was because of the people I was with. I mean, I was fishing with Wes Siegler. Uh, my wife came with us. Uh, the people we were with, the people who hosted us, the food, everything. It was one of the best trips ever. And the fishing was probably one of the hardest trips we've ever had. So it, it isn't just the fish. It really is. It's the whole thing. And it, it's the adventure. Mm. And I always say, if if everything goes perfect, if everything goes smooth, you generally don't have the stories to tell. 
It's when you have those hiccups and things go sideways or you sat through a storm or whatever else. Let's just add to the adventure and add to the story that you tell later on. I mean, I, I used to tell clients all the time. I go, if, if I remember your name, because <laughs> I'm really bad. At it. If I remember your name, it's because something really cool happened. Yeah. You know, if it was just, a, you know, one of our normal guided trips out of La Jolla or San Diego Bay, where we do the same thing that you do today, tomorrow, the next day, the next day, the next day, you know, you, you don't remember. But if something really cool happens or if the client totally screws up, you got a story and you remember it. Mm -hmm. Well, you know what they say, right? It's about the journey, not just the destination. That's it. Did you yeah. just make that up? Yeah, I think so. Pretty uh, good, right? Yeah. <laughs> That's like the most awesome. cliche saying there is, but it is true. Awesome. So, Esteban, <laughs> one more time, because, uh, man, we rambled on, and this was I awesome. And I love it. I love it when the show's run over because we were talking and having so much fun. Uh, before we go, because we have run over an hour, um, how do people, once again, find what you're up to, uh, your new venture? Uh, don't say www dot because you don't need to say www dot. I know. Okay, americasangling.com. <laughs> there you is, go. Is the webpage americasangling.com, but you can find me on social media, uh, Facebook and Instagram at americasangling, and also you could email me directly, Captain Period Esteban at americasangling.com. And I'm Very always cool, here to man. answer questions. And, and you know, one, one of the things I like to do, Jim, and I, and I get this a lot, a lot of people are traveling and they, ha they have already booked a trip to a, to a destination that they know I, I, I work. Feel free to contact me if you have any questions, because to me, what's important is that people don't get in trouble when they travel to another country. I do it because I love to travel and I love to fish. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I want to make I'm sure that same. people I, always I, have. Yeah. I'm always happy to answer people's questions about a place I've been yeah. or places I guide or anything like mm -hmm. that, because it's whether I'm guiding mm -hmm. them or not, it's still, I like, I love, I love talking fishing. You know, I love sharing that. Absolutely. So mm -hmm. that's always fun. So Esteban, I'll ask you right now. Um, we have part two of this next week. So if you're available, feel free to, to join me. I'll send you the link. I know it's, it's, if you're available, if you're still in town, I know you said you, uh, you're heading back to Costa Rica soon. So. Uh, but if you're available, I'd love to have you back on for part two of this because that was super fun. Absolutely. Let me know which day and I'll, I'll make sure I'm... Same, same day. It'll be next Tuesday. I'm same right, same cool. day, same channel, same time, all that. Same bat time, same bat channel. Tuesday, I'll be at the hotel, so it will be perfect. No problem. Okay. I'll, be I will, uh, I'll, I'll send you a link. So Excellent. everybody, Thank I you. appreciate you joining us, Espon. I'm going to drop you out. Uh, I appreciate everybody who uh, came and joined for the show today. It was uh, very fun. Like I said, I, I love reminiscing with Esteban. We've we've had a lot of fun trips together, and um, it, it's always it's always good for a laugh. And and like I said, I mean, what, I, I like when I do these, and I'm able to get somebody who was on the trip back on here because I mean, again, this was five six years ago, and just I mean, like that bee thing. I had totally forgotten about the bee thing until he brought it up. And then, of course, it was in the episode of how annoying these stupid bees were. Um, so Bill actually saying what day next week. We do these every Tuesday uh, and we do them at two o'clock uh, Pacific time, five o'clock Eastern. Um, Clifford, uh, could you share some of the pictures of the lures and names of them that you guys use over there uh, that work? <laughs> Uh, well, I've run out of time here for the show now, but um, 
drop me a line next time. I'll I'll uh, I'll make sure I have some ready before next week's episode because it is part two of this Brazil episode. So, but that's a great question, and uh, I I will I'll have some here sitting with me. So. Anyway, again, I appreciate you all joining me here today. If uh, you are going out on the water this week, please remember always wear your PFD and keep your paddle right side up. Y'all take care.